Good Monday morning, everyone. Happy Columbus Day, Indigenous People Day. And if you're our neighbors up in Canada, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. But you're listening to Author Talk with me, Amy, Russell, and Mickey of Creative Edge is on today. So you guys, let's jump into the weekend, shall we? So as all of you guys know, if you've been following our conversations, my husband has been out of town. So Josh came back for the weekend, Friday and Saturday. He left actually this morning, which was a relief because let's just say by the end of a week being a single parent, I was looking pretty haggard. Okay. And a lot of people were telling me, Amy, you look really tired. Are you okay? Now, okay, I have terrorists in my home running around. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm, doing good. I'm doing good to know my name, okay? I mean, it was just a hot mess of a thing. I'm back in that this week, but I am going to take the girls to see the solar eclipse that's happening. It's going to go over Corpus. So I'm going to go down to visit Josh so the girls can see the solar eclipse, which will be pretty cool. But I bought everything for our Bob's Burgers family Halloween costume. I'm having to convince Meadow to be Tina, but that's an uphill battle and I will conquer that. But I'm so excited to do this. Outfit. So how do you get Josh to dress up in a ridiculous bubble balloon? I just costume? tell him, I tell him what he's going to do. And I'm like, I think we're going to do this. If he's going to be gone all week, <laughs> he's going to do what you say, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's how it goes. In this household. So and so what's the story? Mine. Are you still building another house? I am. That's yeah. insane. I am. I'm waiting for them to get back to me because we had some questions and to see if they could do um, some of the things that we wanted. So I'm waiting for the builders and everything to kind of collaborate, I guess, and give me answers. So once I have answers, but I'm supposed to have a close date sometime in June, which you guys all know I love June because it's my birthday month. So that works for me. You and know, as birthdays. I practiced law for 40 years. I did a lot of construction litigation. Don't I count know. on June, honey. I know. I just, as long as it's before the girls start school in August, I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. I know, well, Russell. Thank you for the encouraging grunt they'll, there. They'll stay June. <laughs> But it's more likely going to be September. Uh, I'm okay. As long as my kids can go to that school, I'm okay. Hey, Brian, how are you? So. Brian's had a lot of things happen lately. He's had a lot of posts. I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing a lot of it. He's doing some cool stuff, man. I love to see our previous guests on, you know, when they add me as, as, add us as friends and seeing what they're doing and getting out there. I love to see all of those things, but I love hearing what you guys did this weekend and what you have coming up. So who wants to go first? Let Darth Vader go next. Okay. <laughs> I can't help my darkness, but my excuse is that it's Halloween month. I so think didn't, 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 didn't Darth Vader say that too? Yeah. Use the, force, the, dark Use the force. Use the force, Russell. Use the force. Or was that a Ben Kenobi thing? I don't you believe in the force. That was a Kenobi thing. Darth Vader I'm a like, come to the come to the dark side and then I am your father. That's Darth Vader, okay? So, yes. so my which weekend was, was, was nothing but a theft from Dune series. I know. Oh. I know. So now you're accusing Lucas of plagiarism? Lucas did plagiarize it. <laughs> I oh used my to, that's what all he did was steal from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> you got George, if you're out there, people that are listening this needs to comment below and say once again russell was right 
Uh, George, if you're listening, a lawyer just accused you of plagiarism. Just know that. <laughs> okay, so what did you do this weekend, Ricky? <laughs> well, un un unlike you wonderful people in Texas. Yeah. I'm not I in Texas. In well, regardless of where you're <laughs> Well, I know Amy is, so I'm going to pick on her. Yes. Okay. okay. I am Canadian, which means that we it's have things. We have what? It's cold as hell up there. That's what Canadian yeah. means. It means it's cold. Not right now, but soon. <laughs> <laughs> we have Thanksgiving this weekend. But unlike your Thanksgiving, where there's actual actual football being played, which is the our point little of Thanksgiving. league doesn't do that. So oh, I'm okay. watching NFL football. I was at a Korean feast yesterday for my church. It's tremendous. There's nothing it greater than Korean food. Oh, Nothing. beef, chicken, shrimp, vegetables, all Kimchi. kinds of crazy stuff was going on. And we all like hands in there serving ourselves. And it was like a, and you know, four hours of fun. I met the entire oh, yeah. Filipino family. It was an amazing, amazing experience. So that's what I did. And then today, after I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to do a food drive and delivering bags to houses for people to put food in to help with Thanksgiving. This and is football. But not the Cowboys, because Amy hates them. It sounds inconvenient. It sounds inconvenient. <laughs> I just turn on the football games early. It's Thanksgiving. Right. That means football. I mean, right. that's a true statement, too. It. I grew up in a house where it meant football. I get right. it. And quit talking. Just watch football. Well, <laughs> pretty much. And then you eat the leftovers. You know, like you eat Thanksgiving early at like 2 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And you make turkey sandwiches and watch the game and all of that fun jazz. So, is turkey the Thanksgiving? What's the Thanksgiving food in Canada? It's normally turkey, but it was not for me this weekend. It was a Korean feast, which Ooh. is much better than turkey, by the way. You have no idea. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. It's so much better. It was amazing. And I'm, I'm trying to convince Ezra, my daughter, to get her Halloween costume in place because she's on this Walking Dead thing and she wants nice. to be Grimes for Halloween and she wants me to be Rick. So we'll nice. see how that all goes. You should do it. How old is she? Uh, 16. Oh. I like so it. If she actually is thinking of you at all, you should completely comply to do it with her. If Because if your daughter is 16, you're lucky if they're even thinking about you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so we're going to do comply. that. We, we do Walking Dead. Um, she was actually here this weekend. We do Walking Dead marathons. That's oh, all yeah. she does when she comes to my house. It's great. So you got to comply. That's all absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So that's how my weekend went, guys. And yes, I am Canadian. Don't hold it against me. Anyways, why would I hold that against you? It's cool. Oh, I do. I do all the time. I don't. Let's <laughs> straight up do. Because <laughs> he came to Texas and then he left. So I just consider him the Texan because and not it the was Canadian. Hot. So make well, it was too hot. It was okay. too hot. I mean, you got I mean, to have why, tough skin. That's why I'm inside today, this morning, because it is so cold in, in the mountain that my house is that I was too cold to sit in the forest for the show today. But what is cold to you, though? Is it like a Texas 40, cold? It was or like, 46 okay. degrees. I was going to say, oh my like God. 50, it was 50 here. And, you know, that's that's cold. That's cold. Know, for us, oh, Texas, please. 75 is cold for us. Give yeah. me a break. You know what it's going to be in January and February in where I live? No. Minus, minus, not positive, minus, minus 50. 
But that's Don't even talk to me about the weather. Huh? That's in Celsius, though. So what's negative? Like, I don't know what negative 50 is. Then Negative 50 mind. is frostbite within two seconds of being outside. That's what Why? it is. See, yet again, like this makes no sense. I would move to a warmer climate. Okay. <laughs> so we're off Mickey's nonsense or Darth what, would, what did you do this weekend? Okay. Yeah, what'd you do, Russell? I have a couple of things to talk Besides about. Besides hammering George okay. Lucas, what else did you do this weekend? Right. I have a couple of things. Number one, you know, I got back from Washington, D.C. I was in Washington, D.C. a couple of weekends ago. And uh, uh, while I was there, I visited the family of Randy Stevens. He's actually been on this show uh, with his first book. And now he has two more books. And... I had dinner with his family, not with Randy, because he had to work, and they made sure I got a couple of his new books, so I'm going to be taking those to Tokyo with me, nice. uh, and we spent the weekend packing and exercising because uh, all of our exercise programs were going to be derelict while we're in Japan from you know running and all those things, so we were working out packing and uh you know i have to go back to mickey and talking about korean barbecue because uh there i have not found an adequate korean restaurant in atlanta georgia yet it's yeah. been one of the greatest failings that i've found if any of our listeners they have any idea what they think the best korean restaurant is in north uh west Atlanta, please put a message below. Abigail Del Cruz's house in Lidminster, Alberta, Canada. That's the best Korean restaurant that I know. I don't believe that. Well, it could be in Alberta. That, the, <laughs> that that's could, where that I was could, yesterday, and they beat out any restaurant that I know of. Uh, wow. you, it could That could be true. That could be true, so I can't argue with you. I need to thank the people listening to us on the podcast. We're yep. top 10 independent book podcast in America. We're very humbled by it. Most people listen to us during the week, driving to work, driving home from work, working out. We want to thank them. Amy, where can people find us? Yeah, so you can find us anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Amazon, Spotify, Apple, Google, like not Stitcher's not around anymore, but Good Pods, really anywhere that you can go and search for a podcast, you can listen to us. And I always reiterate Russell's statement about we are so humbled and just excited. Russell's the one that wanted to start this eight years ago now, and we've just been doing it and it's evolved and we've had a lot of fun, met some amazing authors and writers and others within the writing community. So this has just been so much fun to do and meet so much amazing so many amazing people like Mickey here himself. And so we have just had a lot of fun. So we want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening to us. Amy, tell people what you've been working on. Oh, man. Before okay. she does that, can I say something? Or no. You can say whatever you want, I, Mr. Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to thank both of you and Author Talk for your support within the creative edge team because you guys have brought on anybody and everybody that i've rep represented and you've done it unselfishly and you've done it professionally and i just thank both of you and i'm being very serious russell so please no snapbacks um 
I just want to thank both of you for your support, your friendship, and the affiliation overall. Of course. It has been a very fun, fun time, and you have some amazing authors. And my daughters are coming in, so this could be another fun show. Do you need to run and lock the door? Keep no. them out. Keep she them out. Actually, by herself. I'm actually so proud of my children. I know that this is like going off and then I'll jump into what I've been working on. But I'm sitting here listening through my headphones. Why my kids, I told you, know how to work the remote. And they have put on Moana. And I was worried it was something scary. But then I heard the crab singing. So I was like, oh, snap. Look at my four-year-old go. Putting on I actually have that movie memorized because uh, – the last time when it was hot and I was in Houston, my granddaughter would play it over and over and over. It it's was awful. One. It's a good one. It's a good one. So I'm so proud of it. But no. So as you guys know, I have mentioned it several times. Mickey is also a part of that. But we are doing the 12 Days of Page Runners again this year. So we're gearing up for it. Remember, it's the first 11 days of December and the 12th day, all of the authors come back. And we have 50 authors this year. So it has been a fun time. I've been getting together goodies because you guys all know, one, I love the holiday season. But I'm always incredibly grateful for the, all the authors that want to do a holiday promotion during the holiday season. And I get to help promote them. So I always give them goodies. So I'm working on getting those together. I'm ahead of the game this year, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Usually I'm behind the ball. But I'm ahead of the game. So. It's been a lot of fun. I know that there are other things that are going on. Like this month, the Book Fest is happening on the 21st, I believe. It will be happening. I know that Lucia over at Relatable Voice is also having her own festival that's going on some point this year. Mickey might know more about that. But there are yeah, a lot of there are Sorry. a lot of holiday promotions and festivals that authors can get involved in that are online or in your local community that can help you sell your books this holiday season. I know with everything kind of going up in terms of pricing and stuff, it can get a little, a little harder selling your books and all of those things. And so going to these festivals online or in person and also offering some kind of holiday promotion or discount on your books will also help you this holiday season because us here at Author Talk are firm believers that the best gift that you can give this holiday season is a book to help readers find some new author to enjoy, escape from reality, or learn something new that they want to dive into or work on themselves, right? So the best gift that you can give anyone this holiday season is a book. And so the 12 Days of Patroners will have 50 holiday promotions for you to take advantage of new ones every single night and they will all come together on the 12th so make sure that you tune in but go and check out some of these other festivals they have amazing authors and great information so in terms of holiday things that's what's happening over here mickey may have more information on that but that's my two cents on authors for holidays yeah those two festivals are the ones that i've been focusing on i mean desiree at book fest is phenomenal they they put books up on the billboards at Times Square in New York, and it's a virtual festival. It's amazing. And um, Lucia, her reach is like over 3 million, and she's doing this RV Book Fest in November, and it's going to be awesome too. So, yeah. Exciting. So I have a question, Mickey. How does... I may have an answer. We'll see. So how does, how does an author get involved in that? 
they hire a publicist and let that publicist reach out to them. Those outlets. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, to be honest. I think it's all right. about networking and affiliation, my friend. Just saying. It's a good one. It's true. But, you know, some, having a publicist is one that, in a poor choice of words, puts you a notch above other authors that don't necessarily have that. It gives you more street cred, I guess, is the best way to say it. So having a publicist reach out and do these things for you instead of you reaching out for yourself is going to go leaps and bounds in terms of credibility, I guess. If that's 90% of the time, it. I would say that. There are still some authors who are having success without a publicist. But those authors who are having success without a publicist are having to market themselves, which takes away from the writing aspect as well. So every indie, every traditional author needs to determine what they value. Do they want to be marketing their own books and trying to, to get on those outlets and then not focus on the writing piece? Or do they want to hire somebody to help them with all that so they can focus on the writing and everything else? and and do that so it's a balancing act both sides yeah i mean it's definitely one of those things that there's a lot of overwhelm when you become an author whether it's your first time book or you've put out 20 books right there's always the overwhelm of marketing it trying to market it yourself when you really just want to sit down and, and write a book right you don't want to have to market and get on social media or book yourself on all these podcasts you really just want to Right, right. Especially if you have a long series, if you're a fantasy writer, all of those things, those things take a lot of time. So, you know. Well, and the other, the other thing with that too, Amy, I mean, this is a good conversation. I hope it's okay to talk about this, but I mean, Russell, you asked. So with BookFest, which is one of the largest virtual festivals you can think of, they get sponsorship like LA Times and things like that. But they're also signing authors to their festival like Jonathan Mayberry. New York Times bestseller Tosca Lee, people like that. So for an indie to pitch BookFest, I'm not saying it's not going to go well, but when you're competing with people like that, you really do need a publicist to get you into that echelon and build those relationships. Well, fortunately, fortunately for me, I ask. <laughs> for, well, fortunately for me, me and Desiree are very, very good, and we have a really solid working relationship, so we can have those conversations. But it's not always going to be like that, right? And for an indie author to go in there, it makes that battle so much harder, in my opinion. So, uh, Mickey, you said that there was something you wanted to talk about uh, before we got started. There's always something I want to talk about. Oh, he so wants like to bring me on the show. He wants to talk about film and how they are. Right. Uh, and I want to talk about that too. Yeah. So what, that was a great idea. What's the okay. best word for them? They are the film or predators. There are predators out there, I guess. Because the there's predators all around the author industry. I know. There's Isn't it publishing sad? predators. There's all, they're just all around looking and and an author has to pay attention and work their way through the maze of predators finding the good people yeah and so this is one more place that has traps so for me and i'm just in my seven years of experience in this the film predators to me 
are the most dangerous. And the reason I say that is because the minute, and, and, and I'm going to focus on indies for a second if I can. The minute an indie author hears from these film predators saying, we can get your screenplay on TV or film, which let's be honest, everybody, that is one of the major reasons why people write books in a lot of cases is to get their books made into to books or made into film and TV. That's a huge reason. These predators feed off that and they make announcements like for $1,500, we're going to pitch your book to Hollywood and we're going to get you a screenplay written and it's going to be on the silver screen within three years. Bah, 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 bah. I've had three emails this last month from my team saying, Mickey, look at this. I'm doing it. When in reality is, and I'm glad this is live and being recorded, and people can say what they want, no author, and I mean no author, should have to pay a company to get their book pitched into Hollywood. It doesn't work that way. I have two authors right now. One already has had a TV show on Paramount+, Plus, Ido Van Belkum. Wolfpack, starring Sarah Michelle Geller, he didn't pay a single dime to get his book represented on that show. I also have New York Times bestseller, Tosca Lee, whose books, she has seven books optioned for television through Radar Pictures and Edward Burns, i.e. Saving Private Ryan, production company, Marlboro Rogue Gang Productions. She didn't pay a dime for any of that. She got a film agent, and that film agent pitched her books to Hollywood. Hollywood liked the books, liked the sales, and that's how it typically happens. Throwing money to these companies, promising the moon and the utopia and all of that, 90% of them, there might be 10%, but 90% of them are scams. And so that's why I really wanted to address this. Well, I mean... I don't know. I deal with a lot of indies, right? Indies is my happy spot. Indies and small presses. And there is like going to film festivals and doing all those things. There is the hope of, you know, having your book convert into a screenplay or a screenwrite and making it into a movie. But I feel like the predators within the film industry have come out a lot more post the pandemic in terms of emails and everything like that have come out a lot more Say, no, if you pay me X amount, right? Because it's an email that you're going to receive, right? Yep. And if you pay me X amount, then I will pitch your book to these film agents and stuff that I know. And there's no guarantee, right? And it's, we're not talking like $500. We're talking thousands of dollars. Yep. And I think it's the, <clears throat> it's the pitfall, right? So in every, you know, hobby or artistry that you do, you always have you know, predators within kind of like what Russell was saying, but you have like an explosion of them and they're hard to spot because there's so many and they. So why is that? Why are there's more now post pandemic? Because I've read that there is a, a contraction within the streaming industry of production. And also because of the strike that was on so long, there's a contraction on, the amount of new product that they that is being demanded out there. So yeah. I, I'm puzzled uh, why they're, the sharks are more active now. Why do you think um, that is, Mickey? Your 
hands on the um stove? I think it's because of well, a number of reasons. Number one, media is harder to get now because there's so many authors who are bombarding the media outlets for coverage on their books because there's so many self-published books being written. That's the first point. Number two, we have inflationary measures. So some of these so-called companies who are trying to make more money are targeting authors with false promises and false hopes around this because there's a lot of, there are more books being made every day into TV and film, but they're also mostly mainstream if people really stood up and noticed. Diana Gabaldon, George R.R. R. Martin. I mean, Ito, actually, Ito is a Canadian with Wolfpack. He's still a very, very mainstream book writer, like writer. He's an, a, a Bram Stoker award winner. So when authors see these kind of things, they get targeted by all these ride by the night companies and they're being built every single day. And, and there's just so much more of it. And there's always this premise that we're going to let the author write the screenplay for Hollywood and Hollywood's going to turn this into a film, which, which never happens. Hollywood controls that narrative. They're going to make sure that they write the screenplay and they're going to make sure that they take creative control over all of that. It's just what happens. So that's that's my that's my reasoning behind it, Russell. Hope that answers the question. Yeah, it does. And uh, uh, so you've had. What did you tell your two clients that told you I'm doing this? I'm paying this. Um, I told them point blank. Let your publicist handle it, and I will contact <laughs> you. Yep. And then we just finally said, "We're not interested. Go away." <laughs> just go away see mickey is so blunt i i have a hard time doing that but yeah i mean you really don't it's just sad because you have people that will out there that will prey on them on new authors older authors indie authors and i mean they're they will con them out of thousands of dollars it's just yeah. insane it's like that with media less too they'll they'll have so and i'm not one of these publicists but they'll have these so-called publicists reaching out to indie authors saying, I can get you in the New York Times. I can get you on Fox News. I can get you here, 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 here. If you pay me $5,000 up front. And then it never happens. Fortunately, I don't do that. My pricing is set based on opportunities that are booked. And my, my clients get value based on that. So it's sad. It's sad there's so many predators out there targeting the indie author community because... So there are so many good indie books and indie authors just, they get beat down all the time. It makes me sick. So that, Mickey, before we started also, you were talking about when you first, uh, Amy and you first came across each other. <laughs> and oh, the interesting thing about that is because you both are in an industry frankly, most industries are like this is, but it is true for the author industry that there are a lot of traps and sharks out there that authors have to avoid. And because of that, if you are an honest, real, uh, company, like the two of you are, you have to always be on guard about, uh, who you're working with and whether, 
this is someone with integrity or not. And you two had to learn that about each other when you met each other, didn't you? Uh, go ahead, Amy. Go ahead. Yes, because Mickey was not very nice or uh, wanting to collaborate. But you guys know, like, when Sandy was on here and Sandy was working and I worked with Sandy, Sandy was all about collaboration. And it never was a competition and anything. If she could collaborate and work with other people and it would benefit her authors, she was always down to do that. So that's the role model and example that I had, right? Because she's just a badass. Like Sandy's just amazing, right? And so here I come and I put out for Author Talk on Radio Guest List that, you know, if you wanted to be a guest on Author Talk, you could. And lo and behold, Mickey finds it. And Mickey is just, you know, so warm and welcoming and his email and phone call to me. He, he's such a wonderful, good Christian man. Oh, he is. He's so sweet. Well, email was nice to you, Amy. It was a conversation after the fact that was not nice. Oh, man. I know. He uh, passive aggressively threatened me that if uh, another publicist had any conversation with his authors about their services. That well, I, do you blame me? I mean, Everyone's always those, those I would never do out there that. constantly try. I know because, but he didn't no. know you at the time. I right? know, but I'm, I mean, but, that's the thing. But and I there would are never so many that. bad guys out there. No, I know. Here's, but if I here's, booked here's, anybody on a show that had another publicist or marketer or whatever, I would never tell them that strictly because if my people choose not to be loyal and they want to go somewhere else that's going to benefit them and it's going to help them. I want that for them. Like if I'm not meeting their needs and they find someone and they hit it off and, you know, cause sometimes personalities mesh or whatever results, whatever it is, it doesn't always work out. Right. So if they find someone and on one of these shows that I've booked them for or whatever, and it works out better for them and they're a better fit than I am and they're going to be successful. That's all I want for them. So I don't do that, but I stepped away from publicity uh, I don't know, like two, three years ago, I stepped away and focused more on book marketing because I have little kids and I wanted to spend more time with them. So, I mean, it was that I had to have that conversation with Mickey, which was such a, a puppies and rainbows conversation <laughs> to have. But he did. He, what he does puppies me. and rainbows conversation mean? I don't um, know what that it's, means. It's when my it's my saying that when my life is chaotic, like, you know, with my terrorist children, I always just go to my puppies and rainbows space. So it's it's my happy space where I'm just like, everything is just puppies and rainbows over here. And I love it because the world is burning. OK, like that. That's Amy's version of like just locking myself in my own mind kind of thing. So it was a, I will, it was a fun I will conversation. Say, I will say one thing about this, Russell. Since that little episode happened, we have been working together for over two years together. I have It'll toned be, down. What's that? It's two years in November. Well, still, it feels like longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it seems like just one year to me. I well, know, right? <laughs> no, it feels. But I have toned down my passive aggressiveness around this, and I'm getting better around that, working with other people. My thing was this. I had a publicist take credit for opportunities that I had lined up. I've had publicists who I work with in-house at Penguin because my clients are traditionally published. I've had publicists at Penguin call me who live in Toronto asking me for Toronto media contacts. 
I've had, you know, all this kind of stuff. So did I have my guard up when talking with Amy? Yeah, I had right. my guard up. And I defend it. I defend you because I completely, I mean, he I practiced law for 40 years. I saw nothing but what you're worried about because it's nothing but that out there. And uh, Amy's integrity is kind of exceptional. But you didn't know when you met her. You no had idea. to get to know her. You didn't know. Pretty cool. yeah, I totally understood it. Really, what Amy should have done, and I'm glad she didn't do this <laughs> now, she should have shut me down that very day and said, Go away. I'm not interested in talking with you. Yeah, but well, she does do believe in revenge. So <laughs> there's no telling what she was actually planning. <laughs> anyway, it hasn't come into fruition yet. Okay. No, I'm just Well, that's, it turns out you didn't need to do revenge. It turned no. out, you know, <laughs> that he was this. What do you call it? Puppies guy. Puppies and rainbows. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's more like a, a Rottweiler and Lucky Charms or something to that effect. But hey, uh, you yeah. know, I, that, yes, that is a big compliment. I will be the leprechaun from the Lucky Charms guy. I love that guy. So and I'll be a Rottweiler. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I totally own that. <laughs> you know, I have seen you go off, though, Amy. You're not always. Oh, I've seen her go off, too. <laughs> I know. Actually, this last week I saw her go off. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> and I didn't even do anything. It's all lies. It. It's I'm... all lies, you guys. They're just telling lies. It's Anyways, bottom line is I became a better person when I met Amy. And, you know, I'm working with Black Chateau Enterprises and Desiree and and Lucia and all these other great people. And, and I mean, yeah, it's good. And we've had on, because we've, we've had access to your authors. We've had some incredible authors. Oh, thank you. Because it's been some of our best shows we've ever had. Really? Oh, thank yeah. you guys. I've worked hard. Yes. He, did. <laughs> he worked so hard. It kept him up at night. And he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. But really, you really have some great authors, and you've done some great work with them. Uh, tell us a couple of the uh, – do you have a couple of funny stories about your authors that, you, that you've that never told, funny that stories? you can't tell, without telling names? I've made some mistakes with my authors where I've booked them in different time zones, and then they've no-showed, and I've called them out on it. When it turned out to be my fault, I have mm. fixed that little issue. Um, but, uh, I mean, not really any really funny stories. There have been some heartwarming and tragic stories, but end of the day, it all works out. So, yeah. Nothing you, funny, do, really. Do you represent romance writers, too? Um, I had a couple, but I'm not working with them anymore. You know, Amy, was it last year we did like three months? Yeah, of, Love a Palooza. Like 10 romance writers a week. And mm -hmm. we got to know those. They're a whole different cat oh in a gosh. really good way. And they have their own yeah. problems in romance writing. And I don't know if any of your writers had this problem. They have the trouble. Of, they'll publish a book and someone will republish their exact book under a different name. That's pirating. They have, yeah, yeah. They have massive pirating problems in Rome. Yeah, that doesn't happen with my team. I have very, very many ways to fix that little issue. How how do you fix that issue? 
Um, I mean, you got to send letters of stop, uh, stop and deceased from attorneys. No, he just Rottweilers them. That's what he does. We had two books this year that were the sites tried to pirate. Amy knows this. Um, We got it fixed. I emailed the pirators. I said, you need to stop. They turned out to be authors as well. And I basically said, if you ever want media coverage again, you will desist in your activities. And they did. And then we called Amazon and we got that corrected. Yeah. So you didn't even have to hire an attorney. That's nope. too bad. I prefer it when you did. You'll be my first call, Russell, if I ever have to. No. Unless George Lucas calls me first, in which case I'm going to take that call. The same. He so <laughs> did. He so did. The whole, the whole, the whole first planet that the first movie starts on is Dune. Pirates, pirating is another thing that I mean. People just need to be careful about protecting their assets, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I got to tell you, romance writers, that was one of the main things that they were all worried about. They all talked about. Yeah. And uh, and I'm surprised, but apparently you've got two serious authors that's had the same problem. Yeah, we fixed it. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we fixed it. They didn't think I could fix it, but we fixed it. So, what are what, is there any other problems your authors have had over the last year? You've had to be, is there any new things coming up? Any new problems? Um, TikTok, what's this? TikTok wants to charge you five dollars, so you're you so anti TikTok. I am, I'm so anti TikTok. I have my reasons though, okay, and I don't feel like aggressive Amy needs to come out, but I have my reasons for being it. My biggest reason is because book talk which only works for certain genres, everybody. It does not work for all genres. And if you're mad at me, you're more than welcome to send me an email and we can have a full-blown conversation. But it only works for romance authors and like fantasy, maybe. Instagram is more fit for fantasy, but we'll just go with that. But since book talk, pirating of books has exploded and it a lot of misinformation also on how to publish your book and a lot of authors not getting copyrights and things like that for their book and then their book gets pirated because of book talk has fed to this entire thing of indie authors now struggling more than they were before because of pirating of book and amazon is cracking down on that where it doesn't matter who really owns that book everybody gets banned from publishing for eternity just like on reviews if they find out you're being paid for reviews every single person that's written a review on that product or that book gets banned right amazon is doing the same thing they're doing the same thing when it comes to ai because now ai can write your entire book you can publish it so now on amazon you also have to clarify whether or not you had any kind of ai involvement in your book on your cover or whatever and they're limiting you on how many you can publish now a day because of all of these things TikTok has fed into all of these things, TikTok and AI, but BookTok especially has fed into now the hardships in which independent authors or self-published authors are now having on top of small presses and stuff because pirating 
a common client me and Mickey have is a small press that has had to deal with pirating. And yeah, a lot of these things are feeding it, right? So that's my biggest issue with TikTok. If you want to get out and make trendy videos and dance, which no one wants to see me do that, more power to you. But it's doing harm to the author and indie community, which is why I am very much an anti-TikToker person. But anyway. So you can get AI to write reviews for you. Yeah. You can do I all kinds of reviews for that very reason. You can have AI write <clears throat> your book. You can have AI format your book if you really want, which I would not trust at all. You can have it do minor edits on your book, create covers for your book. And so then, you know, at this historical novel society conference that I went to, they had a, an attorney there, a copyright attorney talking about how do you copyright AI because it's not really your content. So how can you copyright your book if AI writes almost pretty much your entire book? So yeah. there's all those kinds of issues, right? So when you can't do that and then you have a pirating issue and someone's jacked your book and put a different cover on it, you have no leg to stand on, right? Because you don't have the copyrights to your books. So all of these things feed into it and then it feeds into all this misinformation. I encounter so many indie authors or self-published authors that are like, oh, well, I was told to go through the, all of these leaps and bounds, right? And it's like, well, why? You really need to do this and focus on this. I'm like, yeah, it's an investment. To self-publish your book as an investment, it's going to cost you money to do it. That's just the bottom line, right? But you're putting out a quality of love and a product that you really are proud of, right? So that's an investment. So you need to do your copyright, okay? Because I'm telling you, this explosion of pirating, not everybody has a Mickey that can go after them. But at the same time, if you didn't do a copyright on your book or it's primarily some other person's content, you have no leg to stand on. And then you won't be able to publish a book ever again because Amazon's having to crack down on all of that, right? So it's feeding into this atomic bomb situation, which is making it hard for indie authors. When indie authors already have to overcome the stigma of being an indie author, and they're not traditionally published, right? You already have that against you. So that's my problem with TikTok. I'm just throwing it out there, Russell. Yeah, and the other... And the yeah, other but thing. how do you feel? <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the it. The other thing too with TikTok, Amy, and I'm just segueing into what she said. All the other, all the authors on TikTok, they're not covered under anything. The authors who are having success on TikTok normally do not focus on traditional media veins or but other book promotion veins, unless you're calling Hoover or Katie Roberts. But right. the others, the others, they're doing their, like you said, they're doing their little dances. And they're selling their books to their circle of other people on TikTok. My thing is this. At some point, every social media has a shelf life. What are those authors going to do when TikTok is no longer the flavor of the day? Because they don't do anything else but TikTok. Okay. Well, I could, my response to that, though, I think it's a great argument and I actually agree with you. But... Nevertheless, my response would be Taylor Swift won't care when TikTok is gone. Yeah, but Taylor Swift is not an author. She is a musician. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's the difference, Russell. I have authors who are, I have musicians who focus on TikTok and Instagram. This argument doesn't hold for them, but I'm talking about authors and authors who are having success, indie authors who are having success on TikTok who haven't taken the time to do a proper cover or proper editing and are selling their book 
through videos to all of the TikTok community, but can't get anywhere else, what are they going to do when TikTok goes away? I mean, you're right. You just you have a winning argument. I just can't help myself. And I just beat a lawyer, Amy. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe he I should be a lawyer. Yeah. He didn't well, beat an author. Luke is know. still defeating Darth Vader when it's over. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, I, guys, like, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me. No, like, you're I mean, not wrong. I think at the end of the day, though, like if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves, each social media, like you said, has its lifespan. TikTok is more going to be. I don't know, because it, it helped create shorter videos, right? Because everyone's attention span is a lot shorter, right? Like yeah. a toddler is kind of how I say it. It's like a toddler platform. But I think the thing with that is you if you go and you study and you read articles and you look at the numbers and you do all these things, right, which is Amy's job, which is what Amy likes to do, you have a lot of people that are kind of coming back and wanting social media to be social, which is what it was originally meant for, right? So. Yeah you have that trend that's coming back where a lot of people are like, man, like, I don't, I just want to talk to people, you know, or do this. I don't need to update my life. I don't need to. Do Is that today. really a trend? And how it's what's happening? Yeah. I mean, I you, you'll find a bunch of people that are like, Oh yeah, no, I'm everyone's on TikTok, and you'll hear about it all over. But like, I don't know. It could be like the millennials, which you guys know I don't associate with, but I am a millennial. Right we're more kind of like, you know, we want to go back to it just being social and I don't want to give my life updates and I don't want to do these things. I just want to, you know, be social with other people that I don't get to see anymore. Like I don't live in the same city or they've gone and done other things and communicate kind of in that way and stay in touch. And I don't really want to, you know, get out there and make these videos and do all these things. Right. So it's kind of one of those things. And you have a lot of people, you know, like Jeffrey Star is a prime example who left YouTube and went to TikTok and now is coming back to YouTube. Like it's, it's one of those things. It's a fad platform, kind of like Clubhouse was and all of those things. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's I think a lot of people are craving more social interaction and not so much being on their phone. Because I mean, if you go out and you sit at a park, right, on a bench or you sit in the grocery store parking lot, whatever you want to do and people watch, which is Amy's thing, everybody's on their phone. But you'll see some people that are just having a conversation and they seem much happier, right? So if you go and you do these things and you do the research and read these articles and stuff, a lot more people are wanting to have those kinds of interactions where it's more social. I'm not on my phone all the time. I'm not making videos or doing these things, right? Because it's doing a lot more harm, especially now that mental health awareness is becoming more popular, especially for our younger generation, right? You have a lot more advocates for that. So you have a lot of people that are kind of advocating for that and it's kind of making a difference. So you have to go and do the research for yourself. You can't take what I say because what I say could be completely biased in your opinion, right? But if you go and you read the articles, you look at the numbers, you see the trends of things that are going on, you'll start to see the shift from videos and making a ton of money, right? Which is not sustainable. You'll see the shift going back to just being social. You'll see a lot more people that are less posting on videos and stuff and more trying to just engage. There's a lot more interaction within Facebook groups. And I know I'm getting the eye because I'm going over time. But within Facebook groups Actually, and Facebook this has communities. been some of the best part of the whole show. You weren't getting an eye at Amy's all. Tangent. This has Amy's been some tangent. of the best part of the show. No. So Facebook groups and Facebook communities has really made a huge comeback. Everybody knows when they first came out, nobody was really involved. But now there are certain groups like I was diagnosed with something recently and I've joined a lot of support groups and things like that for this. And those are very active groups. And I mean, they are really building a community and that's more what people are looking for, which is why the trend right now is 
Facebook groups and finding communities and building those communities and finding mm -hmm. support, right? It's not so much doing these videos and stuff. You'll find the younger generations doing those and sticking on the influencer train, which we all know is a drying, a dying train, right? And I've said that for years, but you have more of support, community, camaraderie is more what people are gearing towards. I mean, you have so many author groups out there that you have that are active, but you have so many other authors that are wanting to create groups and communities to educate and all these because you have so much misinformation. So if you go and you read articles, you look at the numbers, you look at the trends, and everything that's going on. The groups and community is what people want, which is originally what social media was for, which was to be social, bring people together that you couldn't be in the same room with and stuff like that and have support within that from people all over that are going through same similar experiences or what you're wanting to kind of learn about. And that's come back around to where that's the current trend. So you have one that's kind of dying and one that's coming around. And it's also based on generations, right? So millennials are more looking for communities and support groups and those kinds of things. And the younger generation is still doing videos and doing crazy stuff, right? So you have to follow kind of where that is and where you fall within this shift because it is shifting whether you want to admit it or not. It, there is a shift that's happening. It's a slow shift, but it's happening for sure. I agree with you 100% Amy. So, you know, that's Amy's tangent of the day. That was the best part of the show. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad that I could bring something, something to the show. But you guys, you all know if you want to hear more of my tangents or if you have any kind of feedback or questions or whatever, you guys can send any of us a message or an email or anything that we're always open. We did go over on time today, and I'm lucky I did not get the stink eye from right. Mr. It's Russell. It's too good. <laughs> thanks, but Russell. We hope awesome. that you all have a fantastic Monday. Happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian neighbors. Yay. And have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you all next Monday. Bye I'll for see now, you everybody. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me.